Welcome to Spirit in Action. My name is Mark Helpsmeet. Each week, I'll be bringing you stories of people living lives of fruitful service, of peace, community, compassion, creative action, and progressive efforts. I'll be tracing the spiritual roots that support and nourish them in their service, hoping to inspire and encourage you to sink deep roots and produce sacred fruit in your own life. Let us sing Today's Spirit in Action takes us to the concerns of the poorest country in our hemisphere, Haiti. Specifically, the topic is orphans, and we'll be visiting with Jean-Louis Lusma and his innovation in Haiti of orphanages without walls, where orphans are placed with families in the community still benefiting from the support of an organization to plan for the well-being of the orphans and to plan for the Haitian community to become stronger and more functional. Before we speak with Jean, we'll start with a song by Sai Khan, Motherless Child. Ten long years ago, it seemed so far away. Death called my mother home, it seems like yesterday. I don't want to be alone Death, take your hands away Please don't take my mother home Death, please let her stay for a while Don't want to be no motherless child Take me by the heart And lead me through the pain through days dried up like grass, through years got down like rain. I don't want to be alone, death take your hands away. Please don't take my mother home, death please let her stay for a while. Don't want to be no motherless child Take me by the soul And lead me through my mind Past years grown stone and deaf Past eyes gone wet and blind I don't want to be alone Death, take your hands away Please don't take my mother home Death, please let her stay for a while Don't want to be no motherless child Take us by your lights And follow where we go Through forests of the past Till time has called us home I don't want to be alone Death, take your hands away Please don't take my mother home 
Death, please let her stay for a while. Don't wanna be no motherless child. Motherless child by Sai Khan. Jean Louise Lusman now joins us by phone from Orlando, Florida. Jean, I'm really happy you could join me today for Spirit in Action. Hello, Mark. Hello, everyone. I'm Jean, like Mark said, and Jean means Jean en français. It is my pleasure to be here. And so you do speak, back in Haiti, you speak French or a variety of French and some English or another language too? Yes, we do speak English, but English is something we learn, and but we do speak two languages, is French and Creole. And as you know, Jean, I speak French, so we could do this in French if we wanted to, but I think for our listeners it'll be easier if we do this in English. You are at the moment in Orlando, Florida. How often do you come to Orlando? How often do you come to the United States from Haiti? Well, as I'm working in Haiti as a missionary, I come back uh, to the United States every six months because of my visa status. So you're officially a resident of the United States or maybe a citizen? I'm a resident, correct. And how long ago did you leave Haiti? I grew up in Haiti, correct, and I come here to United States. I went to a Bible college in 1988. That's why I moved from Haiti to here. 1988. Okay, so that's been 26, 27 years now you've lived in the United States. But how long have you been doing the mission back to Haiti? Oh, that's about 24 years. 24 years. Tell me a little bit about the school that you went to here that and the degree you got. I think maybe that was the College of the Scriptures? That's correct. And where is that? That's in Louisville, Kentucky. Had you always planned to do most of your work in Haiti? For now, I can say yes, until I have a heart for Haiti to work with the people there, to help them out and teaching them what I see they need, still need from me. You've watched some changes in the government since you've been in the United States. Has that made it harder or easier for you to do mission work in Haiti? Oh, I don't make any remark on that, really, because I don't attack on my work. I do it as usual, so really no difference for me. The organization, the work that you do, there's an orphanage that you work with in the southern end of Haiti, South Haiti, and I believe the word or the name you use for it is LOGIC, L-O-G-I-C, Let Orphans Grow in Their Communities youth, boys and girls. Is that right? Correct, Mike. And you are the founder of this? Are there other people who founded it with you? Do you have people in Haiti who are part of creating this organization from the beginning? I'm the founder of this, but I do have Haitian people who work with me on it, and I saw some friends, people I know, who give me some support to continue doing it. And let me explain a little bit about logic. Logic is an orphanage. Is an orphanage orphans without orphanage, which means we don't bring all the kids in one big house anymore. 
we let them live where they form. We let them live in the community where they still have their parents. They still have people who know their parents, who know them. So we let them live with those people and from there we support them in many ways and to keep them alive and also to educate them. So you allow them to live in the community where they were born instead of putting them in a separate house, an orphanage, a, a separate building. So you're, it's orphans without their orphanage. But you said that their parents are still living in the village. Does that mean mother and father, other parts of the family? And if so, why are they orphans? Okay, some of them are not completely orphans. I mean, some of them, they may have orphans, but then they lost their mom. They lost their dad, but the dad become sometimes paralyzed. And we have a lot of paralyzed people in Haiti right now after the earthquake. We have a lot of women lose their feet, they lose their arm, they lose eyes, you know. And the country already has no job and for the people to do. So those people are so poor and they come and in the name of the Lord, they please me to keep that child for them because no way they can give them a piece of bread in the morning. No way they can give them something to eat at night. So you may still find some of them have mom or have dad, but it's like that dad is dying, that mom is not alive. She's not alive. Even she's alive, but no way she can support doing not, nothing at all. So this is how we have some kids in our possession, but their parents may be still living. So this is, this is how we have those. You said that a number of people were paralyzed. They lost an arm, a leg, a foot, or they're blind now, and so they can't support their children. Do you have any idea how many people were injured during the earthquake in Haiti? A lot, hundred thousand of people were injured, become paralyzed. And I have a young lady, not only one, but I will take her. She's about 26 years old, and she lost her the whole leg. Now she cannot stay in Port-au-Prince, and she come, and she come to our church, and she have no place to live, and she have no work. She no longer can do anything and no support for her. So we have thousands of people like this. And things maybe American people don't understand is we have a lot of Haitians who are living in Port-au-Prince after the earthquake. They leave Port-au-Prince and they go back to their village on the mountain place. They have no house. They have no place, you know, like they, they become more poor and paralyzed, like I just said. They cannot do what they used to do. And this is a true history. So, you know, and these people need somebody really to help them to come back to life. Those paralyzed people need somebody to help them out. So I have those, and I have the kids from those people. And that's the way it is. And, and that history after the earthquake in Haiti, People sometimes just talk about Port-au-Prince and they talk about Jack Mel or Little Dan. That's a closer place. But people were everywhere. When the earthquake happened, I was there. And people, 200,000 people coming to the car, to the city where, where I am. And we cook every day. 
from the church and go serve them and help them out. And we see people die before us. And I see people, you know, they put them in dump truck and to put them in the community grave. And that was a terrible thing happened to Haiti. And I can tell you, nothing done for those who had been injured, you know, and lost arm, lost leg, lost eyes, lost ears, lost, you know, those people now, they on their own. So you have a lot of handicapped or maimed people that you need help with, and of course, a number of people who died in the aftermath of the earthquake. What is the population of Haiti overall? Now we we talk about uh, 10 million people. 10 million people is a lot of folks. And you're in South Haiti, which if people look at a map, they'll see where Port-au-Prince is. And you're south and west of there, that whole area. Is that a very populated area? Is it mountainous? What's it like? Yes, uh, the city, like Kais, it's on the flat ground. The whole area to get across the city is about 500,000 people. And it's very popular. It, it, uh, it has a lot of people in it. And we have a lot of children still in this, on the street. That's where they live from the morning to night, night to the morning. They have no other place to go because of the poverty. And, and that's the way I start my orphanage. That's why I, I, I start. I will start taking kids out of the street. And we still have those out there. Because of the resources, I cannot continue to take more because right now I have 86 I'm taking care of. It's a bit hard and heavy on me. And this is really the history from south of Haiti, as everywhere in Haiti, a city called Lecais. Mm-hmm. And for folks who don't know how to spell French, the first word is L-E-S, that's plural for the, and the second word is C-A-Y-E-S, Lecais. I'll have a link to that on the NorthernSpiritRadio.org website. So let's talk more about your orphanage or your work with orphans. Again, LOGIC, L-O-G-I-C stands for Let Orphans Grow in Their Community. You have church members, I understand, who take the children in and raise them so that they're not being raised in some institution they're being raised by a family and in the area where they were living before the earthquake or before their parents were lost. Is that true? Yeah, that's where they form. That, that's the area where they know somebody, where they know maybe their auntie, they know their cousin. That idea comes to my mind that will help them better to learn from the elderly to the people who've been in life before them and also the reason I have that too is when we took the those children long time ago and bring them to the big city, when those kids become 18, 20, sometimes they don't want to stay under control of the orphanage and they go to the street, they go on the street. And sometimes they don't already educate, they don't have enough knowledge. They become poorer than they were before. And they become, uh, people use them to do bad things. So that's a way I think God put in my mind to stop all those kids to come live in the big city, to become, you know, like, you know, nobody. They know, no, nobody know them. They don't know anybody there. They just there and anything can happen to them. 
they they don't think they are somebody because they they are not somebody. But when they live and grow in their community, they start get power. They start get you know knowledge. If they decide on their own to come to the city, they will come and they will know why they come. Maybe to come to learn the profession. Maybe they will come to go to another school. We cannot provide to them where they are. They may come maybe to have a job, but not just to come and stand in the street, to come in stealing and do bad stuff. So this is the reason we try to keep the community. And I ask everybody who listened to me at this time, this is a great project to support because try to keep people where they are. That doesn't mean we leave them, but that means to develop the area. In Haiti, if you go to the mountain, in, in, to the mountain, you may not find enough people to do something because all of them now live in Port-au-Prince or in Lekai. That's not good for the country. That's not good for the agriculture. So this is why we have a school agriculture program, even they small. We start teach them how to grow food, how to have animals, how to do things. So this is what logic is doing. So, Gene, if I understand correctly, these places where you're having the children live with other families, they are smaller villages? They're not in Lekai specifically? Or maybe some are in Lekai, some are in small villages? How is this distributed? And how many children do you have? I have 86 of them, and they are about 50 or plus miles from Lekai. The other little city who closer to them, it's called Wash Abato. And from Wash Abato, you have to walk on your feet for three to four hours to get to Renaudin. That's where the community is, Renaudin. And this is the big problem I have right now, and I'm looking support for it. I have all the kids have to walk in the morning because when they have, when they become on finish with sixth grade, no more school for them. They have to walk on, on their feet to go to Washabato to attend another, another school for seventh grade, eighth grade, and ninth grade. So largely, at this time, we'd like, we would like to have school for them. They can have a school which has seven, eight, nine grade at least. So they will not need to walk six hours a day to go to school. And this is, this is the same for the medical care. If one of them sick, they have to go to Washington again. The same scenario, six hours, three hours go, three hours back. Or we have to carry them on, on our back, you know, to go to the hospital down there. So logic, we ask people if they can help logic have a clinic, just like a school. Have a clinic, and when they sick, they don't need to go all the way down on six hours journey. You want to send somebody sick, and you have to have you have to walk for six hours. I fully understand that. As a matter of fact, I told you earlier, Gene, that I served in the Peace Corps, and I was in Africa. One of the opportunities I had was to go to Nepal. And one of the conditions they said there was that to be a Peace Corps volunteer there, you had to be willing and able to walk long distances. I asked them about that, and they said that very often the posts where you would be 
are 30 miles from the nearest road, so you have to first walk to the road before you can get a ride anywhere. I assume there are roads in Haiti, including in the villages where you're dealing with these children. Is it just that there is no transportation, or are there no roads? Where the there is, no road for the car, even for motorcycle. There's no road for your car or motorcycle? Not yet. So this is a project also. I'm praying God will give me money to pay a bulldozer or a big bank to go to make wood to get inside there. A bulldozer? Yeah. But it will not be a good wood. But at least they can have something, maybe four by four, and motorcycle maybe can get there. So what distance are we talking about walking? This three hours to and three hours from, what distance are we talking? Two to three miles distance in the mountains, in the river, big walk. Sometimes they, they, when they come back, you see them, you know, they hurt their foot and blood everywhere. They, they, you know, their shoes cannot stay for long because it's destroyed easily. So that's all the situation that these kids and the family, people who live in that area. So, and God put in my heart, and he wants me to walk there. He wants me to put, bring the change. And I, I am there for the change. And I want to, you know, recruit anybody, anyone who willing, uh, willing to support, to ask for, you know, there. And they can go on my the contact number or the contact. Uh, you, you want to say that, uh, Mike? Okay, I will ask you that shortly. Yes. But first, I want to be clear. In your answer, you said, well, about what distance is it that they walk? Yeah, it's about two miles and a half to three because I, I never count it. Okay, but that that takes a long time because of what oh, yes. the travel is. Okay, so even though it's only two to three miles, traveling between the village there, the small town, and a place where you do get medical help or do have schools still takes many hours. That's a... Unusual, but I guess you you are in a mountainous area, and so they go up and down and around, and <laughs> it's not an easy it's not easy travel. Can little children do it? No, yeah, they do. When they have to do it, they have to do. If they're too small, we carry them on our on our back. Is this an area that you were from that you lived before? Is that how you knew about this area? How you know to ask that? That exactly happened. That's exactly. That's where I born. Okay. <laughs> and so I want to know, Jean, if people want to get a hold of you, I will on my website put a link to your Facebook page so people can find you that way. Are there other ways people should contact you about the Logic Youth, the Let Orphans Grow in Their Communities Youth Group, Help for Orphans? Yes, there are other ways they can go. First of all, my phone number here in Orlando right now is 407-385-8712. Let me repeat that, 407-385-8712. Does that function when you're in Haiti or is that only when you're in Orlando? No, it will it will keep function except I may not be here to answer. This is why I will give my email. People can get it too. It's my email is C M S H Mission at Yahoo dot com. 
So again, that is C-M-S-H, mission, M-I-S-S-I-O-N, at yahoo.com. I'll have that phone number, I'll have that email, and I'll have his Facebook page for Gene Alex Lusma. Gene Alex Lusma, or in French, Jean Alex Lusma, for those of you who speak French. <laughs> and you can find that at northernspiritradio.org. I do want to remind you, you are listening to Spirit in Action, which is a Northern Spirit Radio production. NorthernSpiritRadio.org is our website where you'll find almost 10 years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find links to our guests, so this information about Gene Alex, Lusma, you'll find there as well. You'll also find a place to leave comments. Click and comment and let us know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. On that site, there's also a place to click for support. We do support Northern Spirit Radio by your donations, so please help us out. Even more than that, I want to encourage you to support your local community radio station. They provide a slice of news and music that you get just nowhere else on the American airwaves. So please start by supporting your local community radio stations. We're speaking with Jean-Alex Lusma, or Jean, or that's the French word for John, J-E-A-N, Alex Lusma. Alex is with an I, not an E, except his son. You you do have a son, Gene, who's Gene Alex with an E in the name, right? Yes. That's very confusing, you know. And <laughs> so you have 86 children that you're currently dealing with, orphans, who are you're helping stay in the village or to be in the big city in Lekai, if that's what works better if they are staying in the village, does that mean that their most likely work is going to be agricultural? Yeah, that will be agricultural. But uh, also, I'm I'm looking how we can bring to them something they can make money more easily, something uh, industrial, and thing they they make they can sell it because in that area, no way of money, no you know. That's why no trees stay in the mountain. They cut all the trees because they have no other way to make money. They have to cut them to make charcoal and come into the big city and sell those charcoals. So we have a big responsibility. We have a big job there to do. So anyone who has experiments who can join with me to help those people not only the, the children I am taking care of, but also the family, a uh, hundred family who live out there, so they can benefit from that, and we can help them. Because don't stay in the big city only. Don't stay where everything is easy. Don't stay where the world is good, but we must go. We must go on the top. We must go on the top of the mountain. We must go to the valley where no car, no motorcycle can get. But with God's help, we can make wood and develop that area for, for the glory of God. Also, uh, Mark, uh, let me say this too. If some people may mean that I have a uh, an address, is a PO box. If anybody wants to make a donation, make the donation to Logic slash Christian Mission South Haiti. Logic slash Christian Mission South Haiti. Sorry. And this is a 501c3 organization. Correct. And also, the address is a PO box because uh, where I am in the apartment, 
don't know sometimes when you change, you have to admit people write you, but you cannot, uh, you can still change, but if it's uh, money, you can go there with no problem. It's the PO box 680726. 
we don't want them to be closed in one place and uh, people wash over them. You know, sometimes not enough people to wash over them. I encourage all the orphanages and turn like this, and the kids can be free and feel they are kids like any other kids. I believe I saw on your Facebook, Gene, a picture of the building that you used as the orphanage before. How long did you have children in the orphanage? And so did you have some experience with that? And do you see a difference between having children in the building, the orphanage, as opposed to having your orphanage be the members of your church that, that are caring for these children? Do you see a difference in what happened with the children? Yes, I do. I was standing last when all of them were together, and they always look like they miss something. And people who walk there sometimes, they don't have like I want them to be happy. Sometimes they even steal from those kids. People in that area give me a lot of trouble stealing. And when I'm not there, they try to teach those kids bad things. So, yes, we have a big difference. After three months, I put them out to the family. Those kids become bigger and they become... How should I maybe nice beauty? They become what? They become belle of usually. Beautiful? Beautiful, yes. <laughs> because they're free. Yeah, they're free. They look good, they look happy. They don't show any, they don't miss anything. They get all. So this is the difference. They're more joyful. They're happy. They have more of themselves when they're living in a family instead of living in an institution. Exactly. I did a Song of the Soul interview with a musician named Danny Ellis, who is a orphan in Ireland, where he's from. And he has a book as well as songs about how much it hurt his life to be in that institution. So I can see where this would make a tremendous difference. Is what you're doing, Gene... Is this a novel idea? Are other people doing this in Haiti or other places that you know of? Or is this something that is really your idea? Until now, that is my idea. Nobody has done it before me in Haiti. Have you seen it work elsewhere? I mean, I think we have in the United States what we call foster parents. Is there a reason why these children are not adopted to become full members of the family? Because I have the sense that they're acting more as foster children, temporarily. Well, Haiti, we don't we don't have that thing, that terminology. We don't use that. There's no adoption. People in Haiti, most of them, but those who are in the big city, which people people who more educate, they know about it. Is there? But the people in the village, they they don't really care about what that means to adopt a Haitian like them. But they can love them just like their kids, which is no problem, that, that's for sure. But uh, yes, if people living like this, they would like to adapt, they can still do that. They can, they will take them from there and put them to a government place until they work on the paper. So yes, they can, they can adapt if they want. The 86 children that are currently being helped by the work of logic, how big of a congregation is supporting these children? Is this two or three children per family, or is it always one child? How does this work? Well, they are, you're right. Yeah, we have family who have four. 
because they don't maybe they only have one for themselves, so they have four and they they agree to do it and we support. But that's the biggest. That's the bigger one. That's the biggest. After that, the other one is two or one. So mostly it's one or two children per family, and. Do they then get to visit their relatives, their maybe their mother who's who's handicapped or cousins or do they still have those kind of family supports? Correct, because they not they not having. If the parent in that area or visit that area, they will see them face to face physically anytime. I just wonder if that's an effort that you actually make to keep them with it because my understanding is that children do best when they have that kind of connection still available to them. Yes, that is when they are in one building. When they are in one building, they want to go back home. But now now they are, they, they are in their community, you see. I did an interview with a man who is UCC, a United Church of Christ youth pastor, who does a number of mission trips. I'm sure now it's over 50 mission trips that he's done to Haiti. And one of the things that he spoke about was having a conversation at one point with a young man. He's talking about his experience back here in Wisconsin in the United States, as opposed to what one experiences in Haiti. And the child at one point was amazed. He said, wait a minute, do you mean you get to eat every day? And he was not believing that it could be possible to live in a land of riches where you could eat every day. Is food shortage such a problem in the area where you're working with the orphans? Very much so, yes. How bad is it? Very bad because, like I was saying, they cut all the trees to make charcoal, so the land cannot produce enough food for them to eat. So sometimes we have obligation to feed not only the orphans, but also the other people because they are hungry and uh, they will die because no food for them. Gene, I've been part of many discussions that talk about solving problems at various levels. And it sounds to me like your work with orphans, which is absolutely necessary, is dealing with families and children who have been hurt by a situation going on there the earthquake part of it, but that's only one of the things I'm sure that brings orphans your way. But I hear another problem there that I'm wondering how it's being addressed, who is dealing with this problem. I think you have perhaps too many people there, <laughs> that too many people for the land, that you don't have the trees and the crops to support the people who are there. And I'm wondering how we deal with that problem, because I think otherwise, in five years, we'll have many more orphans, and five years after that, many more orphans. How do we change that? This is exactly what I'm working on right now. I have a uh, agricultural project already writing, writing and that's only to, not only to write food to eat, but also we will teach those kids to replant those mountains with trees, and we will encourage the family the same and we will open way for them to can go out easy like I will say the truck can come there the motorcycle can come there so that will help them encourage them because sometimes they have some little thing they may have it too much 
just for a while. Pillage, pillage there. But if there is a way for them to go out and sell it, that's what happens. So, this is why, again, in the name of Jesus, I, I ask people who listen to me at this time for they to take note. Maybe God put in their mind right now to join me and to say, Alex, I want to put hand with you to do this thing. Because, you know, we cannot save the whole world one time. But one by one can do good change. And again, if you want to help out Gene Alex Lusma and the work of Logic, Let Orphans Grow in Their Community in Haiti, you can find his email, his phone number, and his mailing address at northernspiritradio.org. I'll say a couple of those very quickly. I also have a link to his Facebook page. Uh, his email address, cmsh M-I-S-S-I-O-N, mission, C-M-S-H, mission at yahoo.com. And you can find the P.O. Box in Orlando where you can mail things. This is a 501c3 organization, Logic slash Christian Mission South Haiti, that we're speaking to Gene Alex Lusma. That's J-E-A-N, that's the French word for John, Gene Alex, A-L-I-X, Lusma. So the agricultural project that you're doing, are you teaching them new agricultural techniques? Are we talking about conservation techniques for the land? I do know that there is a very serious problem since most of the world uses wood or charcoal to cook their food, and that's the only way they have to cook it. Then you cut down trees and you grab whatever wood you can have. I think that was one of the side effects that happened in Ireland, the far western part of the country, which used to be trees. And then with the population, it was all denuded until there were no trees left. Was this a largely forested area of Haiti before? No, Haiti was covered with trees. Haiti was a green country, but there are some places you can still see green. You can still see nice area. But there are some places far away, like mountain like this, where nobody helping those people. Nobody helping them. The government know them there only when they have election. And after the election, they are be on their own. So they do whatever they, they have to do to survive. So that's why they cut all the trees. Because when I was born there, it was a, it was a nice place to be. And we have a lot of food we cannot eat all. But now... If they don't want quicker to the city, they will die. No food. It sounds like a very hard existence, very hard situation for people to live in. I'm assuming you have family, maybe mother, fathers, brothers, sisters, nephews, nieces that still live in this area? Yes, I do have some cousin, cousin living in that area, yes. Tell me a little bit about your personal history I do know that you went to the College of the Scriptures for part of your education. Did you grow up in a church there in Haiti? Yes, I was grew up in the Baptist church when I was little. And I, I married in, in the Baptist church in Lakai, Haiti. I was working for CARE, um, that organization. I was a supervisor for them. I learned before I become a ministry, I learned... Uh, Construction. I'm a contractor. I can build anything I want. 
and I'm married, and I have five children, and the oldest is 26, and the baby one is 12 years old. So, really, and my wife, and she's very supporting on me, and she's working with me closely. It's pretty much, and I'm working in the city where I work, like I, that's where I grew up. Is internet generally available in Lekai, or at least cyber cafes? Yes, they have cyber cafe, and when they have electricity, I have internet too. <laughs> we don't have electricity all the time. <laughs> Is that an understatement? Is there not electricity often? Not electricity often. Oh, well, I do know those kind of problems. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, because I lived in a small village in Africa, I had a different situation. And when I just was in the Congo last summer, I got to experience the electricity maybe on or off or being in an area with no electricity. Is there electricity in the small villages? I'm imagining not, if you don't have transportation there. No, no electricity at all. And uh, right now, again, I just met a man who does Solar, solar panel here in Florida. He's going to give me some. So I need more than that, but he will give me some, and I will need the help to ship them. I will need battery to to work with them. So because that community has no electricity, and I have to start teach those kids to know about computer. I have to start teach them because I have kids who are about 24 years. Yeah. So I have to start teach them and show them what is a computer. So with some solar panels, if you can get a hold of some batteries, get the shipping to transport the solar panels to Haiti, in the village you can start showing the children a little bit about computers and about connecting to the rest of the world. I want to repeat a fair amount of this information. And again, people can find all of it on northernspiritradio.org. We've been speaking with Jean-Alex Lusma, and this is a French name that you would call John in English, but J-E-A-N, Alex is spelled A-L-I-X, last name Lusma, and I have a link to his Facebook page as well as his email, his phone, and a mailing address in Orlando, Florida, where you can get contributions and questions for Logic, L-O-G-I-C, that is Let Orphans Grow in Their Communities, Christian Mission South Haiti. And Gene would be very happy to find a way for you to support and for you to understand the work that goes on with orphans in that area, and and much more than just with orphans. I, I think there's education and other support for development so that these children can grow into healthy, self-supporting individuals. Again, you'll find all that information on northernspiritradio.org. Jean, I'm very thankful that you've been led to this work by God, that it's supported you through that. I hope you found the full support for your work. I know that it must at times be a very discouraging job, a very uphill battle to try and fight back the poverty and the distress that so many people have gone through. I'm thankful that you've taken it as your part and found it in your heart to the support for these orphans, for your community, and for Haiti as a nation. Thank you so much for joining me for Spirit in Action. I'm the one supposed to thank you for, for according me this opportunity to talk with people who listen to your radio station and 
and I encourage everybody who listen right now always to looking for news and good news on this radio because this radio happening a lot. It happening all all over the world. You always bring the good news you need to hear. Brother Mark is doing a great job and thank you so very much for what you do. And uh, we will keep in touch and for you to know more about what is going on and people who maybe will come from this interview which and glad want to support us, to support the ministry, to support the that orphanage in that situation where they are. So please don't hesitate, call Mark and ask them how can you help in that area. Thank you so much. God bless you, brother. Thank you, Gene. The simple way to get Gene's contact info is via the website ChristianMissionSouthHaiti.org. The link's on NordenSpiritRadio.org, of course. To close out today's show, we've got a song that I mentioned earlier in the program. It's by Brian Sergio, and it's called If You Eat Every Day. You'll get the story in the song. Again, Brian Sergio, If You Eat Every Day. We'll see you next week for Spirit in Action. Haiti's the poorest country in this hemisphere. Then get my vision clear Sometimes it gets so hazy In this land of I consume Therefore I am well, I was working in this clinic For the dying and diseased Living skeletons With AIDS and TB Organized and run by Mother Teresa and her sisters Of charity Well I asked the nun in charge Sister what should I do she smiled at me and said, I've got a job for you. Then she gave me a pair of scissors and said, See that man there? He'd like for you to cut his hair. And I said, Oh, sister, are you sure? I mean, it's not like I've given a whole lot of haircuts in my day. But I was there to help, so I just smiled and said, Okay. So there I was, this natural born Vidal Sassoon, just snipping that hair away. We struck up conversation as best we could His English was broken, my Creole's not too good But we managed to communicate enough for him to say Something I never will forget See, in the course of conversation We started talking about who's poor and who's rich And the thing he said that blew my mind Something like this You see I asked him Do you think I'm rich? This was his response to me He said Well how many times a week Do you eat? Well his question took my voice away said, you mean you eat every day? And I said, yeah. And he just said this. Well, if you eat each day, you're rich.
like holy ground I finished his haircut and when I turned around There was a whole line of customers who kind of liked the way I cut that one man's hair So I gave them haircuts but they gave me so much more They gave me the perspective of the poorest of the poor And I know I'll spend the rest of my life trying to somehow respond if it's true, as we often say, that wealth is relative It just might take the dying poor in a place like Port-au-Prince To help us see this relativity from God's point of view To cut through our first world denial with gospel truth And as for me, well I know I need to receive paradigm shift that in a hungry world if we eat each day we're rich Haiti's the poorest country in this hemisphere I go there now and then to get my vision clear Sometimes it gets so hazy in this land of I consume, therefore I am Sometimes it gets so hazy in this land of I consume, therefore I am Sometimes it gets so hazy in this land of I consume, therefore I am The theme music for this program is Turning of the World, performed by Sarah Thompson. This Spirit in Action program is an effort of Northern Spirit Radio. You can listen to our programs and find links and information about us and our guests on our website, northernspiritradio.org. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and I welcome your comments and stories of those leading lives of spiritual fruit. May you find deep roots to support you and grow steadily toward the light. This is Spirit in Action. With every voice